Welcome to The Pen and the Yad. This week's Torah Parsha is Vayera. Rabbi Michael Siegel of An Emet Synagogue in Chicago sits down with author Jonathan Eig and talk about the binding of Isaac, an act of faith or recognition of ownership. We're going to examine the binding of Isaac, which is a story that I think Jews know well because we talk about it each Rosh Hashanah. And in and of itself, it's probably the most difficult story in the entire Torah. And as a result, there are more commentaries that have been written about it than any other part of the Torah. Even Bob Dylan uh, has the line, you know, God said to Abraham, kill me a son. Abe said, God, you must be putting me on. Which sums up the problem. (laughs) How does God ask a father who bore this son at the age of 100 to now take him up a mountain and kill him and make him into a sacrifice? And rabbis, especially congregational rabbis, have looked at this story from every angle. But if you look at the Torah itself, without commentaries, there is an underlying theme that I think bears mention today. We've talked about Hagar, and we've thought about her plight, and we've talked about the fact that at the essence of the story was a lack of faith between Avram and Sarai, and God. God had called them. God said, I'm going to give you a great nation. A great nation is going to come from you. And they didn't wait for God. They didn't go to God and say, okay, what about the nation part? But they took it upon themselves to follow the mores of their time and use a surrogate. Ultimately, in this portion of Vayera, they're going to have a child, Sarai and Avram. He's 100. She's 90. It is, without question, a miracle, a bona fide miracle. And so in a way, this child is God's child. God gave that child to them. God went beyond the natural course of things and imposed God's self into it to create this child. Now God wants the child back. And here, Avram has to show complete faith in God and say, yes, this child is your child. So if this is what you want to do, I'm going to show my faith. And so in this way... Avram is making tshuva for his past mistakes. He's repenting. He's making the right decision this time, which is to take the child up the mountain. Challenging, but I think that there's something there about what does it mean to have faith from the Jewish perspective. So he's saying he learned from his mistakes. He didn't trust God the last time, and he regrets it. And this time it won't happen again. This time you have to have you have to believe after receiving a miracle like that, and as you said, feeling like this child is not entirely ours. This child was God's child. This was a, a this, true miracle. And, th- and this is a this is an argument against the classic challenge to to, to Abraham. How was it? that you could stand up and argue for the people of Sodom and Gomorrah, the worst people in the universe, but you don't say, how could you ask me to kill my own son? Because this is different. This isn't the same argument. Abraham understands that this child is the key to the entire covenant and that he must show faith in God in this moment to get him to the other side. I think all of that makes makes great sense and um, follows, you know, kind of a logic. I guess my question is, 
what are we supposed to take from that? Does, does that mean that there are moments in our life when our own feelings, our own logic goes out the window because our faith overrides everything else and we have to go against our urge for our, our own survival, for what we think might be best for our children because faith says otherwise? Um, you know, I'm reminded of people who, who don't believe in the use of medicine because their faith says that they have to believe that God will take care of their child. I think it's a great question. And people do all kinds of things because they think God is telling them to do that. Some of those things have been horrific. And I guess what I would, I would suggest is that not everyone needs to be Abraham. The tradition actually tells us this. In the High Holidays, we're constantly saying, look, we might not be that great, but remember Abraham. It's a whole concept called schutavot, the merit of the parents. We might not be worth you forgiving us, God, but look what they did. Look what Abraham did. And maybe this is a unique experience, but that doesn't mean that we don't have our Akedah moments. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You know, it's, it's kind of a, a cop-out to say we can't all be Abraham, but are there moments when we have to be Abraham? Are there moments when we have to put our faith above our own what seemingly personal interests? I think so. I think that we have moments in our lives that really challenge us because there are going to be real consequences from the decision I make. And am I going to make a decision that is going to just speak to the moment? It'll kind of create the least amount of turmoil and I'll get through it and I'll figure out how to handle it next time. Or do I confront the situation and deal with it once and for all and say, okay, this is what I have to do. And even if there are risks to me, it's going to be a wider benefit to the greater whole. I don't think it's just an Abraham moment. I don't think it's the, the kind of great moments in history. I think every one of us has to make a decision at one point or another about how do I want to get up the mountain or do I want to just stay down here? Yeah, and very few of us will be confronted with a moment where we feel like, this is of global import. I have a chance here in this moment in my life to change the course of history. That's pretty darn rare. You know, like those are the people we write history books about. But you and I in our mundane lives still face moments of great challenge where we're tested between doing what is easy or doing what is best for us versus what we know or feel is righteous. Well, think of it this way. At the end of the Akedah, Abraham comes down the mountain and nothing's changed. Nothing. Mm -hmm. He's just, you know, uh, what changes is Sarai is going to die. Sarah dies almost immediately and he has to pick up the pieces of his life. But the resonance of the Akedah will be felt into the future. It's what happens to Isaac's descendants, what's going to happen going forward. That's where the story is. So my Akedah moment may not change anything right now, but it's going to build the foundation for a different future and a better future. And so those decisions build on one another. I took the risk in the moment. I made the right decision. I spoke up when I needed to speak up. And other people were, felt comfortable speaking up as well. It was hard. It was uncomfortable. But, and it was risky. But it was the right thing to do, and it built a better foundation going forward. Yeah, and we don't really know even what those moments are that our grandchildren will talk about. I don't know what compelled my great-grandparents to leave relative comfort but perils of their home in the Ukraine to come here and what they, what they had to sacrifice to get here. 
But those choices that they made have affected generations upon generations. And I suspect there are things that we've already, decisions we've already made in our lives that will affect our future generations. And do you feel like you followed your, your faith in making those decisions? Well, it depends, I think, if we think our values are transactional. Mm-hmm. Transactional values are values that are good in the moment. They make the most sense. They're the most pragmatic. And so transactional values really will not encouraging me to take risks, to take care of yourself, take care of your family. They're like the values of Noah. Right. He was very pragmatic. His values were transactional. Mm -hmm. What Abraham shows us is that our values need to be more inclusive, but they also have to be focused on not only the moment, but on the future as well. How is this going to impact the future? And I think that's why we need... Ultimately, that's what the Torah is telling us. We need guidance. We need markers along life's path to help us get there. One thing is we have examples. You made note of the fact that there are family members that you have, that I have, that made decisions. And some of those decisions were great, and some of those decisions were not so great. And we have to look at them and say, which path do I want to follow? Where do I want to go? And probably reading, you know, you're an author. Reading great literature is also, how do these people make decisions? You read the Iliad and the Odyssey. That's what that's about. It's about people making great decisions. Right. And it's the little decisions you make every day that form who you are and what values you're passing along. It's today's stuff that we get from the Torah, that we get from our faith, from our belief in God, that really builds all of this. So it's not some big moment on a mountain with sacrificing your son. All of these things are connected in this way. Right. But if you don't, if you're not making the small decisions on the down a daily basis, when the big decision has to be made, chances are you're going to make the transactional one. That's right. And the world will change as a result. I think that this is a, a big part of our world today. There are large issues on the table. America is deciding what America is going to look like going into the future. Yeah, and are we in it for ourselves? Can this income and justice inequality continue to grow? Can this gap between the haves and the have-nots continue to grow? Because if you only think transactionally and you only worry, am I going to have enough for me? Am I only going to take care of my family? Are you living a just life? What kind of an example are you setting for the future? Well, clearly the founding fathers of this country believed that this country was fulfilling a mission and that mission was connected to the Bible and to this being the new promised land and this being a light to the nations. Right. And Never mind the slavery part. There was slavery in the Bible. Right. This, nations evolve, and we can't, we can, but it's not going to take us very far to just say, well, I can't talk about Abraham because he was a polygamist. Well, you could. You could say that. Mm-hmm. Or we can look at look at people in their time, understand what the positives that we take forward, how a tradition develops around them, and take those values and go forward without taking every aspect of that person with us. What is America going to be? Where are we going to go? How do we go forward? I think transactional values plays a role here. Absolutely. And maybe this is our Akedah moment. Amen. Well, thanks a lot. Thank you. 